0: One of the prophets in the scripture says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. God, we thank you that you are the Lord. You are in your temple, this church, and you are in this temple, each and every one of us who's in Christ. And we pray for grace to be silent so that your word might be the preeminent word in these lives that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. I like silence, um, not just because I'm an introvert, but because I think we don't get enough of it. And I think God, um, you look at 1 Kings 19, you see Elijah having this encounter with God, and he, he sort of expects that God will come in all these big, huge, powerful, loud ways. And the scripture says, but the Lord was in the sound of the silence. Various translations of that. But um, it's just a freebie for you this morning. I encourage a little silence in your lives so that God gets the first word. Okay. Everybody doing okay? As far as we know, would you tell me if you weren't? Publicly? No, probably not. Okay. Uh, We're in a series, um, we're just calling it In Christ and um, in a spirit of complete authenticity. I'm finding the series really challenging. I'm a part of it. I'm given the words, but the words are hitting me. And it's mainly because I'm recognizing the gap more and more in my own life. Um, This gap between what I know to be true about me in Christ in the Bible and then what I see and experience and live out on a daily basis in my life. Now, that's not a bad thing. I don't think it means I'm going backwards. I actually think it means what's being revealed to me is that there's more. So it's a a good thing to see the gap. If you uh, weren't here a couple of weeks ago when I started the series, I talked about Jane and I traveling in Ireland a couple of years ago, and when you come to a train station in Ireland and you're waiting for the train to come, uh, a voice will come, a voice recording over the announcement system, and it'll announce the train, the time, the destination, and then uh, the person will say in a pretty cool accent, I cannot imitate, please mind the gap. And the point is, uh, be aware of and concern yourself with the little space between the solid place you're standing in your own natural power and this mode of transportation upon which you will get so that you can go at a speed and to a place and with power that you don't have on your own. You're getting on a train. I think it's also possibly their nice way of saying, please don't kill yourself on our platform. Well, but so I talked about uh, as believers, there is this gap between what we know is uh, what we know is true. That would be the, the train, right? The power of God in us, who we are in Christ, our, our identity, our destiny, and then what we actually live out. And what we're encouraging you to do and, and we're doing it together is increasingly step over that gap. Mind it, see it, be aware of it, but don't let the gap stop you. Take a step over from the natural you that you know and experience into the supernatural in Christ you, which we know because we've experienced is a power that is not our own. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. Oh, and by the way, the life I do live, the one I live in the flesh, that one I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul's recognizing the gap, but he's saying, I'm not going to live by the gap. I'm not going to fear the gap. I'm going to consistently step over the gap and be who God's called me to be. That, that's what the series is about. One of our uh, goal of our life in Christ is to consistently step over that gap. And in the first uh, three messages in this series, we've been focusing a little bit more, Adam and I, Uh, A little bit more on the faith, the belief part of that. And then last week, we started to turn towards the active part of recognizing what it means that we're in Christ. In Christ, and everything that that means in the scriptures, answers questions about our identity and our destiny. But it's preeminently practical. It's not just theoretical. Because in Christ also answers the question, why am I here? What is my purpose on earth? What, what am I supposed to be doing? What does my day to day life look like? I'm seated in the heavenlies, but I live in Fisher's. Fisher's is nice, but they're different. And so this week and next week, I want to talk about two ways that we um, live out our purpose in Christ. I would say the big purpose for our creation is the glory of God. That's a, that's a whole series in and of itself, but just trust me, that's a biggie. We are created for God's glory. How do we manifest the glory of God? How do we sh- give God glory in our lives? At least two words, words and works. And so this uh, morning, I want to talk about the works part. And next Sunday, we'll talk about the words that God gives us and gives through us to the world. But this morning... It's about works. One of the major ways we mind the gap is by cooperating with God and his plan for our lives by saying yes to God. By simply, and I do mean simply, not easily, but simply saying yes to God in the season of our lives, in the days of our lives. I think that's a soap opera from the old times. As uh, sand through the hourglass. So he reveals his age. <laughs> Where was I? Partnering, partnering with God in seasons, in days, and in moments in our lives, right, by doing the works. I think of it as partnering with providence because I like alliteration. I think of a, a part of our purpose as, as God's chosen ones, as his beloved, is to partner with providence. Providence is a big theological word that essentially means God's in control. He's, he's keeping all things together. He is ordaining how they move, and he's able to use the, um, the actions of these things and these people in order to bring about his holy will, which is amazing when you think how busted we are, that God in his providence can cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8. Partnering with providence is a part of our calling and the purpose of our lives. We're meant to co-operate with God. We operate, he operates, we co-operate. And uh, we're just going down literally one verse, two verses from last week. We're in Ephesians 2.10 and talk about the great part that we play in our own destiny by living out of our identity and into our destiny in Jesus. God has planned works for us to do. Let's read from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Why don't you stand just for a moment as we read the scriptures, take this scripture in as God's word to you this morning. This is Paul writing, to the Ephesians and to every believer in Christ. And he says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works. Important word there. So that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. you can be seated. I just thought you all needed to stretch a little bit. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 is a purpose statement. And it's written by the Holy Spirit about you. Why was I created? Why am I here? You were created for good works in Christ Jesus. You were created first in the world, then recreated in Christ. For what purpose? For good works, that what? God planned ahead of time, pre planned good works for you so that you would walk in them. It's a, it's a purpose statement about you. We are God's workmanship. So, uh, quickly, it's a bitsy tiny Greek lesson that maybe you've heard before, but we'll go over it just in case you forgot two uh words in this in these couple of verses for the concept of work. So in Ephesians 2 where it says um we are saved by grace, not as a result of works, that no one should boast, that word is ergon, e-r-g-o-n in Greek ergon. We get our like energy or that kind of idea from that word. And ergon just means work in the sense of a job or a task. Later at the end of two uh Ephesians 2 10 where Paul says you were your his workmanship created for good works. We get ergon again, task, job, go after it. But in between the two ergon works, we have this other concept of workmanship. And Paul says very specifically, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you are God's workmanship. And the Greek word is poema. We, we get our word poem comes from there. But the root. Of poema is just literally uh, a word to do, and then the ma at the end just says this doing has a real purpose. This doing will create a result. And and the scripture says about us in Christ that we are God's workmanship. Poema means this. You can apply this right to yourself. You are something that is composed or constructed. Something that is made, a product, the thing made, a design produced by an artisan. Not by random happenstance. Not by evolution, I'd just like to insert that. Poema m- meant in that day any work of art. It could mean a statue, a song, architecture, a poem, or a painting. It conveys the idea of something actually created. The only other place where that specific construction of that word poema is used is in Romans 1.20. Paul's writing to the Romans, and he's basically describing to the Romans, hey, no one has an excuse for not bringing me worship and praise as God because I've made the world, and I've shown the world the world, and when they see my workmanship, it is evident to them that I exist. Paul says, uh, Romans 1.20, For his in thank you, Michael, I feel so powerful. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, we're talking about God, and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made poema, workmanship, in God's workmanship, so they are without excuse. What's Paul saying? I mean just just think about the implications here. Romans 1.20, he says, everyone knows there's a God because look at what he's done. And then in Ephesians 2, he says, it's you. You think like, well, yeah, the moons, the heavens, you, sunset. How could, how could, I mean, Indiana sunsets are beautiful. They really are. How could someone not believe when they see that sunset? And you know what I say? How could someone not believe there's a God when they see my wife, Jane? Not just getting points here. I had to use someone, right? That's the concept. God's workmanship, it's you. You know, have you have you ever um certainly you have. You're going to you're going to say yes. You 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 see a movie, you read a book, you hear a song, you read a poem, whatever it is that touches you and you have an encounter with God. It's not the scripture right it's something created by a created one but you see god in it and all of a sudden god speaks to you through us a poem or a movie or a facebook post right because we are god's workmanship we've been created in christ in order to show the world what god looks like We don't do good works for God's favor. By grace, you've been saved. We do God's work from God's favor. I might even say boldly, we do good works as God's favor. Can you own that this morning? You are the favor of God in the world. I I don't think that's going too far. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he changed his tune mid gospel. Oh, wait a minute. You're the light of the world. Because he knew he was going to be in us. So we go out into the world and we show the world this is what God looks like. I don't mean that in a prideful way, I mean that with ultimate humility. This, God working through this broken creature in this amazing way, this is what God looks like. This is God's workmanship. And you are God's workmanship. His poem, his song, his story, his movie. You're the work of art, and God is the artist. God is the writer. I mean, you can go forever. I could speak all day on this one. Someone said amen. I could. (laughs) And we are God's workmanship that God prepared beforehand. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life? I mean, that's that's an easy question. Oh, yeah, sure. But I'm talking about every day, every moment when you wake up, when you walk into, yes, that job or yeah, that relationship or that reality in your own life. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life? To the extent that you believe he has a plan that concerns you, you'll relate to the world as his workmanship. To the extent that we believe God has a plan for me, we will relate to God as his workmanship, as his poem his story, his movie, his song, whatever in the world. As soon as we dismiss or begin to disbelieve that God has a plan, we stop looking at ourselves with heaven's eyes. We start looking in the natural and we start thinking, no, it's not happening. And then we, in, we impose our view of ourselves on God and begin to believe lies, which thwart the work of God in our lives. I told you I've been stuck in Psalm 139 because I just keep um, pressing into God about my darkness. God is not dark to you. Doesn't mean I don't want to get rid of the darkness. It just means, God, there's nothing hidden from you in my life. And if my darkness is not dark to you, that means you're not condemning me. You're just seeing the real me and loving me in spite of it, through it, and loving me, my prayer, out of it. Right? Right? he's right here with us because we're his workmanship and he's intimately connected with us. Another paraphrase of this uh, scripture in Ephesians 2.10 from the um, Passion Translation. I, I do say seriously, paraphrase. It's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. Really helpful. I just wouldn't use that version in all of your study, but a real helpful way to see some of the nuance And the personalization of the scripture, the Passion Translation says this, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he's given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. That's going to be in my notes. That's going to be on the website. You're going to go look it up on Bible Gateway because you're going to say, wow, I feel that. I want to know that. And I, w- I want to live that out. Can you accept this as the truth about you? Can I accept this as the truth about me? Maybe, maybe more than can we, will we? Will we agree with God, this is what's true about me? And I don't care if you want to be a poem or a movie or a statue or a building, whatever, right? God knows what he's done with you, but we're the workmanship of God. Now, partnering with providence, partner indicates there are two parties, right? There's God who does the planning and there's us who does the working. We can't make God's plans. I've tried. I've tried to tell God what to do for 55 years, all right? still doesn't work. We can't make God's plan for our lives. We are not the captains of our own destiny, all right? That's a poem, it's not true. We do have a captain of our destiny and his name is Jesus. Okay? That's another message though. But we have a part in our destiny because God does the planning and we do the walking. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared beforehand for you to walk in. We have a part. We're the walkers. We, we get to walk into the plan that God has ordained for us. And don't think just the big, huge plan, right? The vocation of God. No. Think today. Think in, If Randy ever finishes this message, what is, you know? God has a plan. God has a plan. There might be a yes for you to say before you leave this room, an internal yes. Or maybe this, God highlights a person and you realize, I, I need to talk to you after the service because God's prompted something and, and you are a good work I'm, I'm supposed to walk in. It, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith. It takes incredible humility because you will be humbled when you think you know God's plan and you miss it. Guess what? We've all done it, we'll all do it, and God's okay with it. God rewards risk, not safety. That was good. (laughs) I felt that one tingle down my body. Is it possible that you're waiting for God to do something that he's already told you to do? Just consider that one, just write that one down in your journal. Is it possible, God... That I am waiting for you to do something that you have already told me to do. You know, sometimes where bitterness and resentment comes from, you waiting for someone to do something that's yours to do. Come on, God. Come on, God. You said, you said, you said. And God is so kindly saying, yes, and I've given you the next step. We're partners in providence. You're not a chess piece that God moves around. We're partners in providence. So will we say yes to the maker? Will we say yes to God? Will we partner with providence? And I'll just give it to you for in your transforming groups or for you to, to look at. I won't go into it, but Philippians 2, 12 to 14. A couple of verses, real practical, and how you might discern what it is that God's partnering Uh, with you in. That could be vocationally or in your life. But I want to get real practical here this morning. Because God has given us his spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us his people. He's given us faith. He's empowered us. We have the Holy Spirit within us. And he's given us this assurance of faith that our faith expressed in love will have impact on the world and will bring God glory. Our privilege is to be partners with Providence. Unbelievable privilege that we've been given. Um, we were at the, a number of us from the vineyard were at the Holy Spirit night at the well last Sunday night. It was really awesome. And we have in, one coming up too, and I've invited other churches, so be here for whenever that is. Friday the 18th. Friday the 18th. See how I did that? Whew. We were at the well and they had a woman in from Canada and she was given this word and part of the word just really hit me. She said um, she was talking about saying yes to God and she said the, the yes, you know, when our yes in God, it's like sometimes we've got to turn the on button to our yes. And so she said, do you want to say yes to God? And she just kept saying, press on, press on, press on. And it got me because I, I love language, you know. So she's saying, press the on button so you can say yes to God. But she's also saying, press on. Keep going. What is it that you know that you know that God has invited you into in this season of your life? Press on. Is there something that you know you're called to do and you haven't done it? Press on. Yes, today God is my yes to you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it's my part to do. It's your plan, but it's my work. It's your will, but it's my walk. I'm going to go. I'm going to say yes. Is it something that you are just called to faithfulness in right now? Is God's invitation to you just keep being faithful in this marriage? Press on. Is God's invitation to you, uh, it's time to forgive again. Seven times seven, 70 times seven, eternally. Press on. Is it it God's invitation to you to be holy in your single lifestyle, believing that God has a plan and his plan is perfect and you won't compromise? Press on. Is it time to forget false humility and rise up into the identity and the destiny that God's called you to and go out and do something in the world? Press on. Whatever it is, Partnering with providence means saying yes, and it always means pressing on. We're, we're partners in this with God. I want to facilitate a time of ministry, but I want to do it differently than we normally do it. But I will ask uh, Lynn and Jonathan if you guys could come forward and partner with me as we partner with God. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It'll go up on the screen here. Um, Just to make sure you're all with me, put your hand in front of your face, breathe on it. If you felt breath on your hand, you're on the ministry team. It's your breath in our lungs, right? So what I want you to do is to turn to one or two. This is hard for the introverts. I'm going to do this too. Ken and I are going to pray. Is that okay, Ken? God. Take a couple of minutes and hear the questions I want you to just answer. Real quickly, we don't need life stories. we got a couple of minutes. In your little group of one or two, just this, what is God inviting you to respond to right now? What is he asking you to say yes to? It might be a big yes, which means life change, or it might be a consistent little yes. I've got to be faithful in. He's telling me to be faithful in. He's called me to press on. I want you to express that to another human because I want, to vocal, I want you to vocalize God's invitation to you this morning. And then I want you to honestly say, am I ready and willing to say yes? And don't say yes if you're not ready and willing. Freedom, not pressure, not manipulation. Invitation says you, you, have, a, you have a response. And when we've uh, communicated with one another, then I just want to pray for one another. I want to pray for faith and courage for the empowerment, the filling of the Holy Spirit in each of us so that we can't just let our yes be a thing that happened on Sunday morning, but that our yes can be yes tonight, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year until Jesus comes back. That's what we're responding to. If you are uncomfortable with prayer out loud or uncomfortable with saying words in space at all, I understand that. I'm giving you a prayer. This is the end of Moses' prayer in Psalm 90. He's talking about our lives and what God does in our lives. And he prays this. He says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. If you have no other prayer, this is a good one. You just lay your hand on that person. Shodman, may the favor of the Lord rest on you. May God establish his work in you and for you. Amen. There's your prayer. Action. Turn. If you need to move a chair, stand up. One or two. I'm going to keep saying that until I see you getting with one or two people. I'm going to just before we start. I'm I'm going to pray with Ken, and then in a, in about two minutes, I'm going to come back up and I'm going to sort of close us. So, let's get to it. Amen. <laughs> I want to stop it? want to encourage you to keep, keep praying and keep going in. You are the ministry team. You are the ministry team. The spirit of the living God is within you and he's speaking through you. So Holy spirit come. So when you're done, uh, When you're done praying, you're uh, welcome to, to, to go. If you'd like to come up and just be in the presence of the Lord, you're welcome to do that or continue to pray for one another. Go in peace and love and serve the Lord. Amen.